Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message to the KPL app chat, and I will respond to those on the air, and I usually try to respond through the app as well so that everybody can take part in the conversation in as many forms possible. So do not hesitate. Don't be shy. I'm not too mean unless you're mean to me first. Now, I need to talk presidential politics, but I'm not going to go into the Republican field, at least yet. There is a somewhat interesting development here that I think folks need to be aware of. Gavin Newsom has been making a lot of noise lately. In fact, let me see if I can find the video, because on top of everything else, he's been directly attacking uh, Ron DeSantis, has not been going after Donald Trump. Makes me believe that uh, he believes Ron DeSantis is going to be the winner of the GOP primary, but he's been directly engaging Ron DeSantis. And there are some other things that he's doing as well. He is... He is pushing a constitutional amendment for gun control. He's put out a video today. I want to play, at least in part, that video so you can hear what's going on here. Every time, it's the same. They tell us we can't stop these massacres. They tell us we have to stand by and watch tragedy after tragedy unfold in our communities. They say we can't stop domestic terrorism without violating the Second Amendment. And the thoughts and prayers are the best we can do. I'm here to say that's a lie. In this country, we do have the power, the power to change things, to reclaim our freedom from fear. Our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today, I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. Now, his 28th amendment to the Constitution would raise the minimum age to purchase a gun to 21, call for universal background checks, a reasonable waiting period for gun purchases, and banning the civilian purchase of assault weapons. Those of you who have paid attention to the Second Amendment and gun control efforts understand that is all nonsense. But he's pushing it, and he's pushing it in the form of a constitutional amendment because the Republican argument often centers around the Second Amendment, and the Second Amendment being fairly absolute. And any time laws have been tried, they go before the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court is usually pretty harsh on how they interpret or how strictly they interpret the Second Amendment. So Gavin Newsom is proposing a new amendment. Now, this would be a very complicated process, and it's not one that's going to pass. He knows that. But he's laying out a platform. Why is that? There is a story at a news outlet called The Messenger. I like The Messenger. I enjoy reading it. One of my favorite reporters from the national scene, Mark Caputo, is, uh, is there among other good reporters. But The Messenger has a story out yesterday or today. I think it was this morning saying that Democrats really want Kamala Harris to be more forward-facing and be out in the public more. As of May 
of the 31 days in May, only 12 of those days did she have any sort of public event. And I think that's actually a higher than usual number, frankly. She's not been very public. There have been a lot of negative stories coming out about Kamala Harris in her office. There have been negative stories that come out about Pete Buttigieg, and, and those two are not garnering a whole lot of support among the Democratic base. You also have this very odd thing going on among Democratic voters where Democratic voters, by and large, still support Donald Trump. But Democrat-leaning independents favors somebody else. I'm sorry, favor Joe Biden. Democrat voters favor Joe Biden. Democrat-leaning independents favor somebody else. Robert Kennedy is polling somewhere at like 20%. Marianne Williamson and her Magic Crystals polling somewhere around 10%. Those are unusually high numbers when an incumbent is running for re-election. Democrats very worried. Democrats extremely worried about Joe Biden. Can he make it to November of 2024? Can he make it through a second term? They are starting to get very worried. So now it's almost as if Gavin Newsom is being uh, has been uh, he's on deck. It's almost as if Gavin Newsom is on deck and he's being told to stand by. Or at the very least, he's using his political instincts to figure out he needs to be on standby and he's positioning himself. Now, I'm not saying Gavin Newsom is running in 2024. In fact, he's made it very clear in various news stories and interviews that he's told the White House, no, no, I'm not interfering in Joe Biden's reelection. But there's been an awful lot of speculation about Joe Biden not actually running for a second term. That there would be somebody else. Who would that somebody else be? Not Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris would not. I mean, she 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 would lose to either Donald Trump or, or Ron DeSantis. Pete Buttigieg, same way, would end up the exact same way. Joe Biden, the current polling shows, has a chance against Trump, has a much has much less of a chance against Ron DeSantis. State by state polling shows Donald Trump is still ahead, but Ron DeSantis in Iowa is making gains. So the Democrats are trying to figure out what's the best path here. If Joe Biden can't make it to a second term, who is going to step up? And now you've got Gavin Newsom on deck, laying out a platform, laying out his plan, laying out his vision for America. He very specifically called out Ron DeSantis in a tweet and accused him of criminal conduct and hinted at criminal charges for Florida once again, shipping illegal immigrants, this time to Sacramento. He's making a very hard play specifically against Ron DeSantis. That is a very, very important detail among everything else happening right now. If you had to ask me right now, I think Joe Biden's running. I think he's going to continue. He's going to run this election. 
But the way the Democrats are acting, the way the Democrats are behaving, the way Gavin Newsom is behaving, the way Kamala Harris has not been seen in the public eye, the way Pete Buttigieg may or may not be on paternity again, I don't know because he's disappeared off the face of the earth again. The way these fo- these folks are just kind of disappearing and the way Joe Biden is stumbling and stuttering and the, the worse he looks and Corinne Jean-Pierre is just absolutely floundering at, at press conferences and, and, the, and the like. It's starting to look like the Democrats feel the need to have an alternative. They don't want Robert Kennedy. They don't. They do not want Robert Kennedy involved at all. So who is going to be the backup here? If, if Gavin Newsom were to jump in, that support for Robert Kennedy goes to Gavin Newsom. It's a very, very interesting thing going on right now. And then there's the Republican side. The field on the Republican side has filled out quite a bit. And I think it's done filling out. But the paths and the trajectories and the investigations, there's a lot to break down there. Let's do that after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5. KPL 232-1542 is the number, or you can send a message to the KPL app. Would love to talk to y'all. Now, the Republican field, I went to an early break there so I could have enough time to talk about the Republican field after talking about the dysfunctional Democrats. I think, I could be wrong here, but I think the Democrat, I mean, the Republican field is pretty much full. I don't I, I'm not expecting anybody else to jump in. Glenn Youngkin has backed off of jumping in. He's actually doing a very good job in Virginia. And and I want him to say that Ron DeSantis did is doing a very good job in Florida. But I don't think we need to lose two governors to a bitter campaign uh, that will harm multiple people. Uh, if Glenn Youngkin were to jump in, I wouldn't hate it. But I, I I like Glenn Youngkin where he is. He's also kind of in enemy territory, whereas Ron DeSantis has really turned red for the moment. And I think that's a little bit safer. But anyway, the Republican field seems full. Doesn't look like anybody else is going to jump in. Now, yesterday, as I mentioned, we got officially uh, Chris Christie and Mike Pence. Both of them are making the anti-Trump case. And they're going about it differently. Mike Pence, as I mentioned yesterday, is making the argument that the choice comes down to somebody who will defend the Constitution or somebody who will ask you to choose them over the Constitution. He's portraying Donald Trump as the latter. Chris Christie is attacking Trump and attacking his business ties and calling him a coward and things like that. He's going after the personal attacks. Mike Pence is kind of doing the above-it-all style attacks, just kind of dismissing Trump and, and saying he's not the guy we need. He's, he's, he, he does not represent our values type thing. 
you may disagree with both of those attacks. Here's the thing, though. I've talked with some folks who are way more familiar with the men, the campaigns, and the general campaign strategy than I am. And I said, I asked, is it a possibility that these two know they're not going to win and what they're trying to do is pave the lane for somebody else by drawing Trump's fire and dragging Trump down with them? And I didn't get a no. In fact, from a couple of people, I got it. That's more than likely what Pence is doing for sure. Christy, who knows? Christie's always been ambitious. Christie also has uh, a lot of bitterness toward Trump. He feels personally slighted by Trump and the Trump family. But you've got those two making a very strong anti-Trump case. You've got Ron DeSantis, who has clapped back at Trump, but has otherwise been focusing on the things in the country that need to change the culture war stuff. Right now, he's doing a big tour of the southern border. Uh, He is going to be making a very big play on key Republican issues, and he is going to engage with Trump when Trump engages him, but otherwise he's not going to directly engage him. His war room, his team, they're the ones putting out videos, they're the ones putting out attacks against Trump, but he himself is not saying a whole lot. Then there's Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley has looked at the field and believes that the best path forward is to knock out Ron DeSantis. Her argument is the path to the presidency is through Ron DeSantis, not through Donald Trump. I think that's a mistake if that's the way you're going. Ron DeSantis isn't in first place right now. Donald Trump is. You need to knock Donald Trump down and try to take his spot. Or at least put yourself in a more favorable matchup because I don't think Nikki Haley wins a one-on-one against Donald Trump. She may have a better shot at a one-on-one against literally any other candidate. Tim Scott is not engaging with really anybody. He is playing the happy warrior. He is talking your messages of hope, etc. You also have Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum, whose name I actually almost fall asleep halfway through saying his name. He's that boring of a candidate. Asa Hutchinson is just self-centered. But Donald Trump is the remaining one. And Donald Trump, as I mentioned yesterday, it looks like he is the target of special counsel Jack Smith's investigation. I mean, we've, we've known he was being investigated, but now there's a, there's, Direct reporting saying not only is he being investigated, they're not looking at anybody else. They are looking at Donald Trump. He is the key target of this investigation. We found out recently about a special counsel uh, grand jury in Miami, which suggests Jack Smith knows that he needs a change of venue. He can't bring federal criminal charges outside of the state where the crime allegedly happened. The crime allegedly happened in Mar-a-Lago. So he needed to convene a grand jury in Florida. He has done so in Miami, and it looks like he'll take the grand jury findings from Washington, D.C. and read the Miami grand jury in on it. It sounds like prosecutors are close there. But the question is this. Will those investigations 
make a big difference. I want to talk about that briefly when we come back from this break. I want to do that, and then I want to talk about some Louisiana drama that is filling the halls of Congress. That and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Your calls, your messages on the KPL app, all that when we return. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Now, the investigations into Donald Trump. Most people left and right are pretty dismissive of the indictments brought forward by Alvin Bragg, the district attorney of Manhattan. You had a lot of Democrats even panning it and kind of saying, wow, this was foolish. But Jack Smith, the special counsel in Washington, D.C., who was hired to look into the Trump documents thing. There's multiple investigations there, and it looks like one of them is about to result in indictments. And that is the Mar-a-Lago stolen documents thing. There's a grand jury convened in Miami. It sounds like prosecutors are close to an indictment. There are two general feelings in the Trump camp based on news reports from various outlets. One is that the Trump team feels, yeah, this is going to rally the vote around us. Republican voters are going to rally around us. When the Alvin Bragg thing uh, indictments came forward, there was a rallying effect for Trump. On the other hand, they understand that indictments coming in one after the other does cause, they do cause a campaign problem for Donald Trump. Now hear me out on this. This is not me saying this will cost Trump the election. This is not me saying he should back out or anything like that. But hear me out. When you're campaigning for president, you have to be all in. Trump cannot be all in if he's having to spend campaign money fighting these indictments, hiring and maintaining lawyers, he can't be he can't be on the ground he can't be in the states if he's having to show up in court the noise about the indictments will be a distraction from him campaigning on the talking points that he's supposed to be talking about do i think in the long run or the short run, this hurts Trump. Not really, but it does help his opponents. Because Trump being distracted, Trump having to spend his money on his legal efforts, Trump not being able to be at campaign events in various states because he's got to appear in court somewhere, that all plays a major role. One of the reasons Ron DeSantis started trending a lot higher in Iowa, 
is because he was there on the ground. He was at restaurants. He was glad handing. He was talking to voters one on one in small groups, speaking to them from rally stages. They love that. They eat that type of thing up and voters in every state do. If you are visible on the ground in the state, the people of that state care about you more. Trump is laying low. He doesn't need to do that because his lead is so big right now. But Ron DeSantis is gaining ground. Chris Christie is not campaigning in Iowa. He is playing hard on the Northeast Coast. He's going for New Hampshire. Tim Scott is hitting all of those. And he's going to make a big play in South Carolina, his state, along with Nikki Haley. Trump doesn't have to campaign in those early states so long as he can maintain a lead and win at least one of them. But if all of these indictments, again, all of this, these primaries and everything, still a year away, well, six months away. If he's distracted by all this, that does pose an interesting problem and one that he and his campaign are going to have to deal with. Again, not saying that I think it really hurts him in the long run, but I do think it helps his opponents, if you you understand what I'm saying. All right, 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation, let's go to the phone lines now. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's on the line? Yeah, hey, this is Major. How are you doing today? Doing good, Major. What's up? Hey, uh, before I talk about my point, um, I'm still waiting to hear uh, Super Bon Bon theme song um, as your bumper music once in a while. I haven't heard it. I brought it up a while back, but <laughs> I, yeah. I think that would be the perfect. Uh, I still think it's the perfect opener for your show. <laughs> but, um, my problem is the I have a hotkey set on our computer program, and it's all full with all the bumpers I have already. I have to yeah, clear something it. out to make space. I, I yeah, like you're too much. Have to clear something out. I, I like too much music major. Anyway, what what's what you want to talk about? <laughs> um, okay, one of the one of the things I wanted to bring up is, um, you know, I, I noticed that the left they're really good at um, they're really good at disrupting things. Now, when when Trump Trump's going to need lead, he needs good legal uh, defense, right? Right. Well, the the left goes after the lawyers that represent, start canceling the lawyers, you know, and it gets to the point where uh, good legal help for him becomes, you know, uh, they're going to play, hey, do we want to take this on? They're going to come after us. They're going to shut us down. They're going to, you know, the left is very good and very organized at ruining people. And um, I think as the, he's had lawyers in the past that have, um, that have, um, moved off of him in the past because they just it was just too hard like you know you get they get canceled and it's and, um, it's not even the canceling but it's just burnout if you have to represent Donald Trump through all the stuff the left throws at him there is true. a lot of burnout there true and uh the other thing is i, I just find it it, it, I, it i'm blown away that they're going to indict him that they would try to indict him on uh classified materials you know especially it's it's such a it, it, it's a very it's very it would be very frivolous and it's obviously that they, i mean you can anybody can get an, an indictment for anything and mm-hmm. that's definitely proof of it when i i've read so many editorials by you know quite a few people that are uh, legal experts um there's a leftist legal expert commonly uh talking about this and you know he just says this it's that this absolutely stunning that they're trying to indict him on this when there's actually 
you know, he's a guy that declassifies it. He's the only one that de- can declassify anything. And mm-hmm. the fact that they're finding they found classified documents in Biden's possession that he had when he was vice president that he he doesn't have the authority to have. And he's not being indicted. And it just looks it looks frivolous. And it looks like they're just trying to indict the hell out of this guy so that he can't win. And I think that's the, I wouldn't be surprised if he's indicted for other things. You know, every six months they're going to indict him for something. Well, I mean, there are... that's, that's just how it is when they when you know that he's the strongest candidate. And and you're right on that. And there are already a ton of investigations that we know of where there are indictments coming. The Fulton County uh, DA in Georgia is announcing that, yeah, there are going to be indictments for election interference in Georgia. And so she's going to bring that up and that will be another thing. And it's that slow drip, drip, drip over the course of this election season that is really going to have a major effect, I think, like you said, on the legal team that Trump has and really on the voters. At some point, is there going to be burnout from all the legal stuff? Will that affect the will that affect how the voters treat Trump going forward? That's that's what the Trump team is quietly worried about. And that's what, frankly, some of the other Republicans in the race are kind of hoping for, that people are going to be kind of burned out from all the drama that are, that surrounds Trump. But you're right. They are going to bring a ton of indictments against him for all of these things. And there are people I know who are listening because I hear from them, too, who are like, he should be indicted on every one of these things. And you and I are saying some of these look pretty frivolous. And it's just a matter of can Trump navigate through it? Well, anybody that thinks that he can be, he should be convicted or indicted of all these things. I mean, if he can be indicted on all of this, then Hillary Clinton and um, the Biden family should be in, should be already buried under jail, indicted and, and prosecuted. I mean, what, their crimes are above board. I mean, it's what they what they've done in the case of bribery and the pay for play. I mean, it's it's just. It's it's so easy to see, and yet nobody tends. Everybody just looks the opposite direction, and it is frustrating. And I mean, I like Pence. Pence is a very presidential type, but I, I would. I'm not. If I have to vote between him and Trump, I would easily vote for Trump over him. Mm-hmm. I, I like Trump. Not. I didn't. I didn't vote for him in in, in 2016. I voted for him in 2020. Um, I would vote for him again because I I, I just like him. I, I don't think he's like a true conservative. Uh, I don't think that he, you know, he's a hard right guy. I think he's more of a populist, but he tends, he's done a lot of great things while he was president, especially when it comes to the Supreme Court. Yeah. I mean, God knows what, what would be going on right now if uh, Merrick Garland was on the Supreme Court. Thank God he was not on the Supreme Court. And Trump was president to put in, what, two or three people? Yeah, he he got three in. And if he's in the next time, you know he's going to listen to his his, the the big base. And, you know, he's going to ensure that another good conservative is put on the Supreme Court. And that's the main reason that I would be more interested in voting for a president, because you got some old you got some old uh, pieces of cardboard that are getting long in the tooth on the Supreme Court. And they're going to need replacing, too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Major, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. All right. All right, have a good one. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hi, welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show. Who's this? It's Mike. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Joe, I just 
picking off your last caller, everything you talked about, I think it's all the more reason that we need a Donald Trump. And I'm not sure if anybody else can do what needs to be done. I saw an, an ad that he just came out with, I think it was today or yesterday, and it basically starts off with some wolves, uh, you know, uh, salivating, and he talks about the wolves and the deep and the deep state and the swamp, and what and you know Donald Trump being the answer to all three of, of those things. And uh, I, for one, believe that Donald Trump is the only one who is, who is willing to and capable of you know taking that all that stuff on head on. Yeah, no, there. I mean, Donald Trump does make a very good case, especially right now, about how there are all of these elements that are lined up against him. And that is something that uh, for the bulk of his term as president, he was able to capitalize on because he was able to show or at least convince uh, his base, the Republicans and a lot of voters that, yeah, there were groups that were actively working against him time after time. The question now is... He he. Can he beat those charges? Because now it's it's more than just there are these people working in the shadows behind him. Now it's no longer the swamp, the establishment, all that. Now he's actually got a legal system that is openly, uh, you know, lay, pulling out these indictments and everything. Can he beat that and main and, and be able to stay focused enough to win? That Mike is going to be well, the challenge. I think that's why you know we need the GOP and and, and the. The congressional leaders to start looking at when the FBI has gone rogue and DOJ have gone rogue, then there needs to be consequences for this. We can't allow that to happen because if you know we become a third world uh, country and we're we're done. So I just hope that you know he's he's able to shake all these things unlike anybody I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully he's able to come back and and do what he needs to do in four more years. Thank you, Joe. All right, thank you very much. Let's go ahead and take a break. I've got a caller on the line. Caller, you stick around. Got some comments coming in online as well. We'll take those when we get back here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, had a caller uh, just before the break, uh, didn't stick around, but wanted to mention that that ad that uh, Mike had mentioned. Um, it's not just that those those hungry wolves are, are coming for Trump. The ad, by his interpretation, is it's kind of coming after all the American people and basically ca- uh, you know casting Trump as that lone defender of the American people, which is how he wants to portray himself. And that's kind of what he needs to do going forward, because I think even the Trump team realizes that people are wanting to move away from the stolen election stuff. So how do you maintain that the system is against you, but at the same time move ahead and say what you're going to do in the future? That's kind of the the transition of the messaging there. Also had somebody reach out via Facebook why are the politicians so afraid of President Trump? For a lot of them, it's just the fact that Trump broke a lot of them because he broke a lot of the conventions of politics. He was able to do what he did in a way that they're not used to and, frankly, they don't like. But another thing is that Donald Trump was not afraid to fight, and it included fighting a lot of them. 
that's a big part of it, too. So thank you, Dale, very much for sending that message in. Thank you, Mike, for calling in. Thank you, folks, for sending in messages. Always appreciate talking to you. Now, before I go, I want to. I wish I'd had more time for this, but, you know, the, the presidential stuff had to go through that. Of course, I want to take y'all's comments on it. I might talk more about this tomorrow. But there's a feud brewing in Louisiana politics that I think is either because of Washington, D.C., or is spilling into Washington, D.C. There's a story out this morning that Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy aren't on the friendliest terms. Kevin McCarthy sees Steve Scalise as a threat. Conservatives didn't like Kevin McCarthy as the option for speaker, and they wanted something different, so they kind of looked at Steve Scalise. McCarthy hasn't forgotten that. And you'll note during the debt ceiling debate, McCarthy went with Garrett Graves to help craft the debt ceiling deal. Garrett Graves is getting a lot of McCarthy's attention. Is McCarthy trying to freeze Scalise out and eventually replace him with Garrett Graves? And is that why, after Steve Scalise came out and blasted the Stephen Waggis pack ad that attacked Jeff Landry, is that why Garrett Graves came out after and endorsed Waggis pack? Because most of the congressional delegation to D.C. favors Jeff Landry. But Garrett Graves is backing Stephen Waggis pack. Is a brew is 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 there a brewing feud between Scalise and Graves? How does that play out in Louisiana, and how does it play out in Washington D.C.? Certainly, a very very interesting dynamic at work there. All right, you guys, it's been a great day. It's been a great week so far. Twenty three hours until we close it out. I of course do want to invite you guys to come back tomorrow. Let's have a good show. Let's have a good Friday and go into what appears to be a sunny and delightful weekend. Have a great one. If you want to talk to me off air, you can reach me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show, email Joe at redstate.com. You can find the podcast version of the show going live shortly on Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com. And Shannon is offsides as usual, and he will be up next here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. I believe I see Hippie Hannah walking in to be on the air with him. That'll be a great show. You guys have a great one. Talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL.